So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Audio Frontier. Welcome once again to Wrestling Daft Marks. Hailing from Larbert, tier two Larbert, may I just add there as well. Um, I can go to the pub this weekend. I'm weighing at 185 pounds just now after the weekend and might be a wee bit more than that. I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft, host of this very show. And with me, a man who's bigger than the screen Marvelettes out in Home Alone. Hashtag festive. It's Big Alex. <laughs> oh, but am I bigger than the amount of jealousy I have for you and your new level of COVID restrictions? Oh, it's like a party over here in Larbert. I tell you, we're, you know... But I, honestly, I, as soon as, how bad is this? As soon as the message comes in from the government, I was straight on to my local saying, can I book a, sl- a slot for Saturday? Because it it's, it's my birthday on Saturday, you see. So, you know, I, I thought, get straight in there. Unfortunately, it's a very special birthday this weekend as well. So, uh, yeah. Dirty You're just going to leave the viewer at the list. Happy 75th birthday when it comes. Yes, I know. I am of a vintage. You do know <laughs> that, gentlemen. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully get a slot in the pub. I'd be, I'd be amazing if it happens. Amazing. Uh, that man you just heard right there is a man who's once again donned the Deerstalker and lit up his pipe. He's back on the Detective Gary case. It's Gary Casty from Inside the Ropes. How you doing, Gary? Not too bad, and I do have an update for you regarding Drew McIntyre's kilt situation. Oh, excellent! We've been waiting for this. I wasn't talking about this particular situation. Oh, right, okay. Uh, We'll get into that, but I want to hear about Drew's kilt. What kilt? What tartan is Drew wearing? Well, he did wear a black one last night on Raw, but then reverted to his other one. However, I was about as close as I could have been when I mentioned it a few weeks ago. Is it a a Rangers tartan? No, it doesn't know, but it's close to the Rangers one. But it doesn't know. He's fucking. So, uh, <laughs> he's, he's went back and he's looked for the most Rangers looking tartan they could possibly find. Well, considering was that not the first night he had his little Rangers moment in the ring as well? So it would make sense that the two are somehow linked. Ah, Jesus. Oh, well, then we don't know the tartan, but it's Rangers related, is what we're saying. Are we? uh, close to the Rangers tartan. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Lots to consume this week, boys. A lot to consume. Um, let's start off. We'll, we'll get into the buddy and put. We'll get into W Dynamite, but I think we've got to acknowledge at the top of the show, Sting is back, and it came out from fucking nowhere. Yeah, I was. I, I, although the minute the video hit, everyone knew exactly who it was. Yeah. The minute you saw Crow on that screen, you were like, "What? What? Why is Sting coming out here?" But potential of a good pairing with Darby Allen, and they're record with legends so far is so good i'm genuinely excited i've heard there's going to be physical contact though i'm sure in the news gary will probably instill us with all the news of sting's new aw contract but i hope it's just a little bit of contact and it's nothing too in-ring heavy yeah well gary you had to kind of tip off that you didn't have the tip off about sting did you no however however uh, while I was on the, the conference call, the AEW one that was before Full Gear, I was messaging Kenny McIntosh, who obviously I work with inside the ropes, and I said, 
Um, exact quote because I always normally just jump in with a completely irrelevant question I want to know about and I said I'm going to ask about Sting I'm going to bang in with a Sting question because obviously there'll been speculation didn't get to ask the question but I'm annoyed because Tony can he has an okay poker face when he's uh, when he's talking but I'm not sure the excitement of that one would have been uh, an easy one for yeah. him to keep quiet about uh, but yeah the other thing is obviously the fact that there is now a, I don't know if we say a partnership I don't think we really know what the working relationship is there, but there's something going on. Uh, I'd mentioned it on this podcast a few weeks ago that I got told about it. Didn't actually think it was a thing, so I, I kind of half mentioned it on social media, found that it was about impact, and then went, ah, nah, that's probably not true, and then turns out it is. <laughs> so. well, surely Sting is... Maybe the debut of Sting with the stuff of Don Callis is symbolic because of Sting's time in TNA. Well, I'm thinking that the one thing that people haven't mentioned is that if they've got Sting there, the only footage they're going to be able to show of Sting will be for his TNA run. So, I mean, it makes sense that uh, it makes that sense that that's so like, victory that road is, main event will be really high on, high on their list to get out there. That is smart. That is probably why they're because you, you, you wonder yourself, why would AEW, I mean, no offense to Impact, but why would AEW put eyes on, M, on Impact? I'm, I'm going to need to stop you there, John, and say the reason they would do it is because Impact is the second biggest uh, promotion in the world not in america but in the world they've got uh, more tv deals and more eyes on the product than than the uh, huge in india they know aye um so i I mean the relevance of what that is in terms of money probably still puts them below aw because obviously usa advertising money and and, um, uk advertising money will be above and beyond probably what everybody else can offer. Um, but I think I think it's a good deal for both companies, but obviously I would say that is a bit of an impact, Mark. Okay, uh, so, well, you would say that as an impact. <laughs> right, okay, I mean, are we not I'm all like, sitting here fantasy booking already? Like, I was about to say that. I'm about, I was about to say that. Right, Gary, give me your one dream match between Impact and AEW. I think I know what Alex is going to say. I think he's going to say Motor City Machine Guns v Young Bucks, so I'm not going to say that. Um, For me, it would probably be Jordan Grace versus Nyla Rose, or the one that I'm going to put slightly above, that would be Diona Perrazzo versus Hikaru Shida. Nice. Alex? He's he's bang on. Like, I've already (laughs) seen some graphics. It's like the the shots from, like, 15, 10 years ago of Generation Me, the Bucks incarnation in TNA versus Machine Guns, so that got me excited. Yeah, I'm. I want to see Moxley versus Callahan. Aye. Oh, oh, that would be tasty. That Ken would... Shamrock versus Jake Hager. That's uh, <laughs> that's the one that everybody wants. Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting. Um, so that happened, and then we moved on to pay per view at the weekend. There, um, Takeover War Games. Thoughts, gentlemen. It was good, but it's one of those ones where, you know, takeovers just get judged to a different standard. So while it was good, it wasn't the best takeover we've had this year, <laughs> but it was yeah. still really enjoyable. I, I think the main event, this will show how much I think the main event dragged on that I, um, I joined the post-takeover media call, trying to be 10 minutes early just to avoid the rush of everybody trying to join it. And I was on it for an hour before it started. So uh, that's that's how much I think the, the main event dragged on maybe a wee bit more than it should have, but ah well. There was also a little bit too much uh, grey and white camo for my liking in that main event, <laughs> considering that every single person in it had some on them somewhere. Yeah, but, yeah. I, but I, apart from, like, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed the match. I enjoyed it. 
I enjoyed I mean, that. I'm I thought, sure I thought the women's match was better. I thought women's the women's match was better by a mile for me. You've I. got to give spot of the night to Io Shirai. I think we'll think yep. we can go through this <laughs> podcast without talking about how much trash Io Shirai is. Yeah, oh, unbelievable, unbelievable spot. Um, but no, I thought I, I don't think War Games ever. I mean, I get it kind of dragged on, but I always love a bit of War Games. It just then there's some great spots. I mean, the one thing you would say about the 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 main event is it is that typical NXT kick out, kick out, kick out thing, you know, which gets on a lot of people's wicks. I mean, do you know what annoyed me more? The fact that they, they didn't the wrong wrestlers were putting the wrong wrestlers through tables. Yeah, you know, initially Aye. Roddy went through a table and Fish did spear someone through the fish table, but I was really upset that Roddy had nothing that uh, O'Reilly had nothing to do with the O'Reilly table and Cole had nothing to do with the Cole table. I, I think I'm in the minority as well, but I'm I really find war games not boring, that's a bit of a strong statement, but overall I feel like it drags on because the match doesn't get started until 20 minutes in. <laughs> you know, we know that the match isn't going to end within half an hour. Uh, so I, the I, night's I, maybe a bit much because they both I, do the same spot, getting the weapons out of the ring, and that is always about 10 minutes of the whole yep. show, isn't it? Yeah, maybe maybe it's, it's better just to have, have the one match did you, on, on it. Did you also notice the little platforms they'd pre-set up for Pat and for Rio? Yes, we yes did not did notice that. It's a little bit obvious. I hate it when you can see the little spots like that. But I know one thing I really liked was actually the because there was a lot of talk as to whether they would be able to fit the full concept into the Capital Wrestling Center. I like the way they done it with the doors that just folded down from the roof rather than you know lowering a cage and probably you know probably purely logistical but for me I just thought it looked the part when you know we had that the opening where you seen the cage coming down you had Black Sabbath playing and then the pyro in the corners thought mm. it just looked brilliant yeah no I, 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 it was good I mean I think the two big I mean st- I thought the wrong team went over in the men's match I thought I agree yeah I, I don't really see the point of this if he if he's yeah. going to win both matches I didn't. I didn't see. The, I thought the, the I thought she'd been part that went over. But again, you look at the. the, the you know, the, there was obviously a big. You know, the upset in the, the women's match. So I guess that's why they, they didn't do it in the men's match. But Raquel Gonzalez came out of it looking like a fucking million bucks. Aye, I think that that's the. You know, I keep mentioning it well. The takeover post calls Triple H always mentions a few people and. Obviously, a lot of it centred around Pat McAfee because people were asking about him. But Raquel Gonzalez, I think she had the the performance that, you know, Damien Priest against Finn Balor would have been if he'd won the match. You know, it looked absolutely brilliant. But the one thing that was missing was the win. She yeah. looked brilliant and she pinned the champion. Uh, and I think for me, that's the, the thing that's going to kind of, I mean, she already had where the match with Ripley, but I think that's going to elevate her past people thinking, oh, she's just like, the Janetti of Dakota Kai, uh, pretty much, whereas she obviously is not she's absolutely... <laughs> aye, aye. <laughs> but, I, I think um, we've also got to give a bit of a shout-out to Austin Theory and his recycling <laughs> of a very famous line. <laughs> aye, that was good. I really liked that. It was also uh, nicely adapted. Yeah, but just for the pause, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I predicted it would be Austin Theory by the way. I think I'd put that in a podcast previously. Um, Pat McAfee, again, looks great as well. Um, Apart from the fact he wore skinny jeans to the ring. Yeah. As a man who wears skinny jeans casually, wearing the ring is a step too far, especially when your like, gimmick is that you're the rich man. Why have you not bought yourself ring gear yet? I'd, true, that's true. But I don't know. I thought it looked, I thought it looked really good wrestling-wise. Maybe not fashion-wise, but I thought... <laughs> 
in the in the match, he, he looked really, really good. And uh, I mean, the, had that obviously moonsault off. The, we knew that was coming. We knew that moonsault spot was was coming. I tell you what, it looked like he took a hard landing because it almost looked like they didn't catch him yeah. properly. Almost. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was uh, on his podcast yesterday wearing a neck brace, uh, oh, which yeah. I love. Uh, yeah. no, no wrestling fans watch that podcast at all. Probably about two percent of the, <laughs> the demographic. <laughs> but the fact that he still sold the the, the match was brilliant. Yeah, no, that fair point, fair point, Pat. And again, be interested to see where they go with that. Um, if they're going to continue with with kind of the Pat's lads. Um, stable or you know how long he signed up for? Do you, have you got any insight on that, Gary? Nothing. Oh, we actually there is uh, there is something that Fightful put up earlier, and I just noticed this um, when I was going through it because they tr- normally try and keep. Obviously, things can change, but they normally try and keep somewhat of a database of contracts and and when the expiry dates are. I did notice Pat McAfee's name was on it. However, the one thing I don't know if he signed a contract since. He's a broadcast contract with him, so it might just be the same contract. Right. Um, however, Pat McAfee, while I scroll here and try and find out, is signed through 2020 at least, is all it says, multi-year deal, so it could probably end any time for January, but you'd have to think he's probably going to sign a new contract to, as a, a performer, more of a performer. Yeah, no, absolutely. He, he, he was great, and it'd be good to see what they do with that. Though I'm guessing he's on a pretty penny for for, for it as well. But Aye. you know, you can see if he is on the decent money that you know that he would get elevated up onto the main roster to get some eyes, um, probably much needed eyes on the likes of Raw. Um, so yeah, no, good event, good event. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Anything else to add from the wrestling world from this week, or will we just get into the show? Yeah, I can might as well just get in it. I'm sure I've no crop up. Oh no, wait! It's the season finale of the Big Show show this week, guys. So get hyped. Hey, sorry, sorry. Uh, not just the season finale. <laughs> the finale. <laughs> the finale. Thank God. Uh, so yeah, out with the Big Show show, and um, we'll be getting burying and putting over stuff from the Big Shows later on in the show. Uh, once again, on the wrestling daft raft, heading to Fantasy Booking Island. There was controversy last week as Alex abstained. But he's still got included in the vote. So we'll find out who had the best booking for a 90s rest. I, I don't think we need to even call it. I think we know where it's going. We'll find out in a minute. <laughs> who's if we brought a 90s wrestler back from the past into today's product, who had the best booking? We'll recap the booking and get set a new challenge later on. Um, our big wrestling-based music quiz, Wrestle Mind the Buzz Knocks, which we've just decided you don't have to do music for it. It's just going to be a wrestling quiz from here on in. We've also um, kind of ran out of musical, fun musical yeah, questions to ask. It's getting but, pretty. I'm getting to the bottom of the well here, guys. Yeah, yeah. YouTube are, are basically the algorithm and YouTube basically can detect wrestling music like that and instantly block anything that has music. So, um, I think we should uh, we should expand it into different game shows and call it "Who Wants to Be a Million Dollar Man?" Air. I like that. My other suggestion. That is brilliant. Let's have that. Uh, So we'll be doing that a bit later on. But first, let's cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. So last week I talked about Christmas decorations outside. I talked about everybody doing their houses up like National Lampoon's uh, Christmas vacation. This week, let's get on to the big thing. Christmas fucking music. Christmas music is shite. Christmas music is fucking shite. See if that song was 
released any time of the year without the word Christmas on it, it would get nowhere in the charts. But yet, when it has jingle bells or children's choir and is has the word Christmas on it or any kind of word relating to Christmas, it's instantly played on every fucking radio station from here. And do you know what? It's getting worse. It's getting worse. Because back in the day, we used to have your slades. We used to have, you know, your shakies. We used to have your... Are you fuck. about to come down hard on Mariah Carey? Is this going to turn into hashtag John hates Mariah Carey? No, it's not I guess John that. hates Christmas. <laughs> no, it's not doing that. It's not doing that. But now you're getting all these fucking shit songs get even getting i mean they were just almost tolerable but now it's just like every radio station you listen to you get gabriella Chilmy doing some song she released you know and you get michael buble and you get justin bieber and you get Dest. i will argue that the michael buble christmas album is actually one of the better most recent christmas compilation albums it's, and it just does covers so it's seconds to another um, group which only do covers for me and the overtones because I absolutely love the overtones and the baseballs oh and they both uh... <laughs> what's your oh favourite Christmas God. song John out of interest if you had to pick one what is your favourite Christmas song well there is only one good Christmas song for me and that would be Christmas Rapping by The Waitresses which is an absolute tune um, however I was however... certain you were going to chuck in Greg Lake the, that oh, um, oh, yeah. I Believe in Father Christmas uh... what's your, what's your favourite Gary um, I don't actually know. I actually really like Michael Bublé's cover of Feliz oh. Navidad. <laughs> Alex, hey, I love the one about the cavalry and the rum pum 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 rum pum pum. Oh my! Stop. That's my favorite. Jonah Lee, stop the cavalry. Aye, that, that's that. one. Yeah, there we go. It was Christmas songs and WrestleMania buzzcocks. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to put you in the direction of a Spotify playlist I have made up called Ho Ho Ho. And on there, you will be able to escape the usual run of Slade's and Paul McCartney's and Mariah Carey's of this world, because on there you will find such things as Mistress from Christmas for ACDC, Run Run Rudolph by Lemmy, a cover version of it, which is very good. Um, You'll also find, and we aren't allowed to talk about this Christmas song anymore, are we? Rock and Roll Christmas, a cover version of that by Iron (laughs) Maiden. By Iron Man. Hey, listen, they put it in the joke. They were allowed to put Gary Glitter songs in the Joker movie, so it's fine. We can mention it here. Uh, but yeah, check out my alternative Christmas song list because it's very good. So you can do that whole. Anyway. Can, I, can you- I break your bubble a little bit here? I'm oh, just trying to find it on Spotify, and there's there's more than one playlist called Ho Ho Ho. <laughs> well, search for Ho 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 by John McAnally, and you'll find it there. Fantastic alternative Christmas songs for your Christmas day and nothing there is no Slade, there is no Slade so there you go, ho 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 that'll cheer you up at Christmas and it's the only decent decent Christmas music going It's that time of the show when we like to have a look back at the television uh, and all the big shows, wrestling shows. We don't generally look at just general television, you know. If you, we could do that if you wanted to start us doing buddies and put over some country file. Or no, anything. no, John's next week promo would then be about Christmas movies since he just pick <laughs> uh, up promos in Christmas every week now. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, we should do the buddy and put overs on Christmas movies next year. Since we're getting in the festive spirit, that would be a good one. Anyway, we do the wrestling shows, uh, of course. Uh, I do NXT... 
Um, Alex is going to have a lot to talk about from AEW this week. Uh, Gary, probably not so much from Raw. And we'll also get a guest mark on to, to do SmackDown for us. And it's, you know, the reigning undisputed guest mark of um, Wrestling Daft. He's back again. It's our good friend, Bronze Chill. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing good, guys. How about yourself? Uh, no, sorry, mate. I just told you. I think uh, Bronze Chill was back by popular demand. Almost that popular demand we're missing from uh, turning Japanese. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, uh, and I just totally broke kayfabe there by calling him by his shoot name Paul. So um, <laughs> sorry about that, mate. Sorry about that. Uh, let's get into it then, because I think there's a lot to talk about on AEW Dynamite this week, Alex. Just one or two little things happened. That was a shocking week. I mean, we got some big developments. We we found out some very important things, such as that Don Callis actually runs like a girl. So that was obviously the most important thing that we found out, really, to be fair. But as John's alluding to, obviously, I'm sure everyone is aware, we mentioned it at the start of the show, we're now looking at a partnership between AEW and Impact. And me being the Japanese mark I am, I'm really hoping that that then leads to a working relationship with New Japan and potentially other smaller promotions and kind of a big middle finger to Vince Alliance, which could be quite interesting. But on to the actual show. So big news first. And that's our boy did it. He finally managed to look good in the match. That's right. Miro actually had a good week on AEW Dynamite. It was it was surprising to say the least. But him and Wardlow did exactly what they needed to do. They were the big men in the battle royal. And yeah, 10 points. No botches from this week. I was very happy for him. <laughs> the best way to put it, really, isn't it? Um, on to the first bury of the week. Now, it was a pretty good week, so I'm... I'm clutching at straws here really to be honest and i know that the minute i say this gary's going to do his usual oh not let me hear me out with my stupid reasoning but <laughs> here we go so i want to bury chris jericho's ultimatum because it's only been about two or three fucking weeks i mean surely there's a lot more they can do before they get to an ultimatum like they were courting mjf for two months and now he's in the group for two weeks they have a couple of fights and now it's an ultimatum and the group has to potentially break up Seems slightly. I rough. kind of agree with it. I, I, I think it is a. I don't really care about the angle. In all honesty, I think it, it ran its course within the first week where we had the Vegas stuff. After that, I was like, ah, we're probably not going anywhere with this. We've already had the dinner debonair and and all that. So I, I kind of agree with you that it's, you know, it's it's a bit quick, but I don't really care that it's quick. <laughs> See, I assumed that this was going to build to Revolution, which I'm assuming would be towards the end of January. But I, I've heard. Yeah, yeah aye, that's the end of January. As JR not said something like they're having like a big triple header before Christmas, because obviously they had winter is coming, then is the next two weeks meant to be big shows as well? Because they haven't been overly clear about that either. I don't think so. The next big show that I know about is the, oh, I'm going to mess up the name of it, is it Beach Break or Beach Bash? Yeah, the pre- it's, it's not Bash at the Beach, but it's uh, whatever, has, <laughs> whatever has replaced Bash at the Beach. Um, but aye, that's uh, the January time where it was meant to be the Jericho Cruise and, and is not obviously um so i think that's the next big one but i i I caught that that i'm not sure if they're just hyping up the fact that they've got two weekly shows before christmas or if they're actually going to be you know winter is here (laughs) shows because i don't know they could you'd have thought that if they were building they've spent so much time on this mjf jericho storyline that they'd want to push it to a revolution match and surely they could just kind of leave the inner circle together and divert them a little bit have some sub storylines going on for a couple of months have I don't know, Hager and Jericho in the tag league again, for goodness sake, and something else for MGF and just distract people for a couple of months. Just seems a bit silly to go straight back into it. But 
We will see. We're giving, I'm giving them a lot of leeway this week because the potential of things. Um, onto, onto the second put over of the night. Sting obviously has to be Sting, really, doesn't it? And yeah. we've already kind of been over the whole Sting thing at the start of the show, so I feel like I'm wasting my entire segment now, but John stole that from me, so I'm going to blame him. Um, but <laughs> I do hope we see him kind of transition into the manager roles I mentioned earlier and we get a bit more of a pared-down Sting as he does look a little bit ridiculous coming out in his wrestling gear all the time these days. So a couple of couple of tweaks maybe here and there, and I think we can get... I think he'll be excellent in a really get stuff over but onto the match of the night you can't really go through this entire show and not talk about a main event that was half an hour of potentially two of the best wrestlers in the world going at it generally great match i mean my spot of the night was when uh, of course the uh, dean <gasps> no what did you say <laughs> it's this what entire podcast i don't think i've ever done <laughs> oh, absolutely horrified in myself sorry john john oh uh, sorry, so John, and Ken, John brings a couple of chairs into the ring and instead of hitting Kenny with them, they just sit the chairs down in the middle of the ring and start slapping each other in the face. I love it. I love spots like that. And then, of course, you've got the interference from Don Callis and the little hit on the head from the microphone, followed up by four V-triggers and a one-winged angel. So it did take a bit to put Moxley down, but I mean, the finish wasn't what everyone was wanting, but I think it was kind of what we needed because you can tell they're going to build to a third between the two of them again, probably at Revolution. And maybe it does change the dynamic a little bit, putting the belt on Kenny and also starting the relationship with Impact. So I'm not going to bury it. We're going to see where it goes. Were you surprised he dropped the, the title on television? But, no, not at all. I actually said to Savage, my friend, that he's dropping it this week. Mm. Or it's a moot finish and it's building to Kenny winning a revolution. I think it was always going to be the case that they were aiming for that. The You know, that first rematch that they had was going to be Omega winning it back no matter where it was. But, you know, that's the way to kill NXT. If you're going to have that on a show, Sting on a show, <laughs> and then the impact announcement. The only thing is, you know, nobody's talking about the fact that Kenny Omega's champion. They completely overshadowed his win, you know, that's for the first true, time in yeah. AEW's history. I don't think, I, I don't think that... I think he understands that this news is bigger than his win. Yeah, I, I think, but I think that's it's, the way that it's amazing that the, like this is the first time AEW. I know it's a short history, but it's the first time they've had uh, none of their champions being former WWE superstars, and nobody's even talking about it. It's just no made yeah. any kind of news because obviously we've got Sting and then we've got EPs, Gary. So is that better or worse? <laughs> ah, yeah, so, <laughs> well, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And we've already talked about kind of dream matches that could happen with that. And I mean, do you think do you think it would be better for Sting to come down without his ring gear, take off the makeup and just be that manager? Or do you think he still needs to have that makeup? And I think he needs a little bit of the makeup. He needs to keep it for at least so that people remember who he is. If he comes out main event Mafia Sting, I think people are probably not going to be overly happy. So... I'm I'm almost certain he's going to wrestle as well. I think it's the full reason he's there. Otherwise, they're just signed on. Well, not the full reason because I get the nostalgia thing being back on, you know, TNT and stuff. But I think they've just stuck with WWE and picked up his merch checks if he they want to wrestle. So. Well, I mean, I hope he I hope he just doesn't wrestle frequently. I don't mind like nah. a big kind of marquee match. Maybe I mean maybe not quite an Undertaker level of infrequency, but if he wrestles two or three times a year, I think that's what they need to do. Did you put Any more than that? I think's too much. I, I, I think he's going to be in 
Elway Jericho. I think yeah. he's definitely going to be on the other Jericho. They've already teased the match as well. Jericho put up a wee bit of fan art and, and mentioned it. Um, so I think he's definitely going to be on the other Jericho because that, that's a match that, you know, if you put that on it, they shouldn't put it on TV. But if you put it in any week of TV, that will be any show on the planet. Uh, but mm. I think they'll definitely put him in the other Jericho. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what other kind of rivalries they bring up from his TNA time. Because as John mentioned earlier, they've got all the footage and that's probably where they'll draw from because they Oh, wait, would TNA, TNT still own some rights to WCW footage because they aired it on their network? No, WWE, you've got all of that. So that's like, literally, TNA is the only footage they're getting of Sting. Uh, <laughs> good luck with that one. Um, <laughs> the glory right, years. Let's move on to NXT on Wednesday night. Obviously, it was the go-home show before TakeOver War Games, which we've already talked about. So we're in that weird situation, people. <laughs> uh, right. We came up with a word for it, and I can't remember what it is. Oh, did you? We were going no, to... No, I came up with yeah, a rubbish word for it, and, uh, and John was not happy with it, so we avoided using it ever again. Right. Oh, I think we chose. It was like re- retrospective or something. I said, but it was. Uh, it was perspective. And no, let's let's move on. Let's forget about. It. Let's just talk about NXT. Uh, let's go to the put over first of all. And I've got to say, I thought it was a. You know, we've not about to it on the show, but obviously Pat Patterson passed away last week. Um, you know, a man who was first Intercontinental Champion, bought, brought us the Royal Rumble. Do you know the story of the how he became the first Intercontinental Champion? <laughs> oh. The, the real story or the... I do not, but please entertain the listeners with this story, Alex. Oh, I'm saying this in front of Gary, who's going to correct me, everyone. I'll tell you the short version. So <laughs> at the time, I believe Pat Patterson was the North American champion. And the story goes that Pat went down to Mexico and he won the South American champion championship. Then he came back up and he unified the belts to create the Intercontinental Championship of, of America. Was it not originally? And that that is the official line, but the the latter part didn't actually yeah, it's not, happen. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. There was never a South American championship. Oh, for God's sake, Nick, tell me Santa's not real, Gary. Not real <laughs> um, so yeah, I think um, obviously we, you know, I thought it was a fantastic tribute at the start of uh, NXT because it obviously just pretty much happened to put that all together, and you know. Uh, sad loss for wrestling, you know, on all accounts, everyone, you know, saw what The Rock messaged out. He was behind a lot. Apparently, he was the guy that you'd go to if you wanted a finish for a match. And, you know, The Rock, obviously, was one of his kind of main students. So, um, I sad times, I thought it was a nice tribute to him at the start. So, we'll put that over on R.I.P. Pat. Um, let's move on to a couple of buddies, though. And it's got to be ridiculous. So, last week, I was slagging off. We're on to fashion, obviously. <laughs> we're on to fashion. So, last week, we were slagging off uh, Undisputed Era for, you know, you know, looking like a boy band with all their matching hoodies. This week, they were looking like fucking Westlife. They were all like, I expect them, they're all sat, came out on um, with their suits, all, you know, kind of black suits. They were going out for their tea. That whole section just was shite, I thought. Y- you I, know what we're building, eh, John? You know what we're building, eh? The, the go-home Christmas show is going to be White Park as like East 17. <laughs> that is definitely the way we're going. But, you know, I half expect them to, you know, sit on stools when they were having their dinner and then obviously stand up for the high. <laughs> when they were, yeah, it was just like, oh, God, I'm making that whole dream. The only thing I'll put over from that whole section is that uh, Roderick Strong's a red wine drinker, which is a good, solid statement there. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was like, um, so anyway, so yeah, but buddy in that whole section, and I, and also my other buddy from this week is matches that are put together via social media. We opened up the show with Legado del Fantasma versus 
Damien Priest and Ruff because of some backstage interrayet action that happened on social media. Just fuck off with that shite. Just matches at the start on social media. Get I'm the opposite. I, I love that kind of thing. So it's a kind of thing where I'm like, well, you might as well push your social media and get people to follow. Well, so. It's a bit of a balance, you know what I mean? It's it's When done right, social media is a great tool to wrestling. It is a good tool. It's a good tool for everyone, Alex. It can be a very good tool for marketing something, <laughs> including wrestling daft and uh, wonderful t-shirts, which we'll talk about later on. Uh, but yeah, um, what else are we going to put over from the match? Jake Atlas, I thought it was his best performance um, in in NXT. Uh, you know, he's he's got... I've talked about Jake Atlas, and he's just a bit vanilla and a bit... Meh. Got nice glasses, mind you. Best but, entrance music in the business, too, eh? <laughs> I hate that. But, you know, he's got a brilliant finisher. That uh, cartwheel uh, DDT thing looks awesome. But, yeah, I think that's his best out in um, the match he had um, against uh, Tony Nese. Uh, and you want to see him do well and just develop his character a bit more, but you know he'll be one for the future, as as they say. Uh, so yeah, that's my putovers for the week. Uh, match of the night. What are we going to go for? Ah, oh, got to go for Grizzled Young Veterans versus Imperium. More of that, please. Love the Grizzled Young Veterans. Love Imperium. Yeah, give me more of that in a spoon, and I'll eat it all up. Right. Okay, let's move on to <laughs> SmackDown and Mr. Bronze Chill. Okay, so last week I think I was far too positive about SmackDown. Right. A few niggles this week, so... <laughs> it's about bloody people... time. SmackDown's been getting positive reviews for weeks now. Yeah. <laughs> so first and foremost, they had another Pat Patterson tribute on, and it was set to him singing My Way along with loads of unseen pictures of Pat Patterson, along with some stars backstage, in the ring, training, all sorts. It was absolutely brilliant. Definitely one to check out if you haven't seen it. So my first buddy of the night, we're going to get back to fashion. Forgotten Sons, hoodies and a suit jacket. What the fuck? <laughs> this is not grunge metal 19 or 2002. <laughs> I, think we've honestly, I think we're honestly going to have to start a separate feature on the show, like uh, she's in fashion or he's in fashion or fashion or something like that, because it's just taken over this section. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, as soon as they came out, like Corbin called them out. I was like, right, cool. And then I was like, wait a minute, have they got hoodies on? Their hoods are up. They've got suit jackets on. And I was just, no, it's a no from me. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my other buddy is whoever's doing the entrance graphics. So Murphy comes out and Murphy's held the NXT Cruiserweight. Uh, well, sorry, he's held the Cruiserweight belt. He's held the NXT Tag Champions. He's held the tag title. And what does it say as this big fact? Aaliyah Mysterio's boyfriend. Oh. Get in the bin. <laughs> yeah. Otis comes out. His says, lost money in the bank contract due to former best friend Tucker. How to make him sound like an absolute loser. He's Where was his girlfriend Mandy Rose on that graphics? Come on, guys. You're missing <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> it's like, he's meant to be your main event. Like, at least put 2020 Money in the Bank ladder match winner or something. Make him sound credible. Um, just nah, it's a no from me for that. But I'd like to put over the main event, um, setting up Roman versus Owens, and then Roman battering Otis was absolutely vicious. 
My personal favourite part was Roman telling Jay to get off the top rope. He finishes his show. It was absolutely great stuff. Yeah, I think that the best part about about that full thing, and I might be wrong here, but it seemed to me that, that watching it, Kevin Owens had to keep vamping and adding new things because I think he thought the show was about to end, and then it didn't, and then he had to like <laughs> add more on. But he done it really believably and just kept going with it and going with it. And I was just like, man, what a performer! <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Absolutely great match. But match of the night definitely had to be the six man tag: Daniel Bryan, Ray. Biggie, Biggie's got new entrance music, so hopefully going forward, hoping for a rumble win for him. Maybe Biggie versus Roman at Mania. It's at least better than Keith Lee's. They at least did Biggie a little bit more justice. Yeah, Sami Zayn, who doesn't love Sami Zayn at the minute, Nakamura and Dolph Ziggler. They all put on a great match as a tribute to Pat Patterson. Match of the night, definitely. Good. I, 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 I didn't see SmackDown, so yeah, I'll have to go back and check that one out. Thank you very Paul, much, Paul. I love how you turned in a bit of Simon Kill there. It's a no from me from what, most of it on the boys. <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, Raw then, Gary. What have you got? If you didn't watch SmackDown, John, don't bother watching Raw. I'll save you some, uh, save you some time. <laughs> it was just a bit of a nothing show. It wasn't even all bad, but um, first put over, you know, Alexa Bliss wasn't there, so I need to go back to the well, somehow, and it's Drew McIntyre throwing the Money in the Bank briefcase from the ring to the Titantron, knocked out a light, uh, <laughs> completely broke the Titantron uh, by throwing the Money in the Bank briefcase for the ring. It was just like, that's ridiculous strength. I know that he is a big guy and obviously is a very strong guy, but that's a quite a distance to throw a, a briefcase. So, How far do you think you could throw a briefcase? Oh, probably about the height of Drew McIntyre rather than the length of the ramp. I don't think... Uh, no, I think, you know, I think they're metal, but I think they're aluminium, so I don't think they're the, the heaviest, I, but I don't think I could do it that far. I, I, th- I think it's an easy object to throw a brief... I, I'm not mocking Drew McIntyre. Because <laughs> the handle wasn't it, I. I don't want listen, I don't want to mock the big man, but, <laughs> you know, because you've got that grip on the handle and you can give it a good old swing, I think it's a fairly easy item to, you know... To, to launch. Did you do any shop when you were I don't know. I, it was also, um, you know, the accuracy because he done it over overhand. Oh, so managed to managing, it, right? managing to, I managing to accurately throw it in the right direction and get that distance was uh, the most impressive thing ever. Uh, but this full conversation shows you how exciting Raw was because <laughs> that was a highlight of the show. Um, I'm glad you guys have mentioned the Pat Patterson tributes because, you know, I think that's the one thing WWE does really well. However, I'm going to be really controversial and have to bury something that happened during a Pat Patterson tribute. They had retribution front and centre on the stage in their full attire during the... And also they didn't have Mustafa Ali next to them, so they had all oh, a retribution with Lana standing in front of them. And I know it's not, you know, the full thing is we're paying respect to Pat Patterson and everybody on stage is, but they managed to hide people like Bray Wyatt they managed to hide certain people that had retribution front and center, slap Jack with his mask on, T Barbie's mask on, reckoning wear mask on, paying tribute to Pat Patterson. So I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> I know it's one of the, you know, it's still real to me, damn it, you know, kayfabe is still alive that I'm preaching here, but I just didn't really. <laughs> I just thought yeah. it was terrible. Um, and among such a brilliant tribute, it was just a really a, a low point. Um, <sighs> I you was going to bury something it's that... Sound, it's the sound, <laughs> the Gary sound. <laughs> we know what's coming. No, because I was going to bury something that didn't... Uh, this is an honorary bury because it didn't happen on Raw, but they've brought back Jackson Riker and paired him with Elias. Ah, I saw that. Oh, what are you doing? Don't, 
I mean, Elias is some. Um, Elias is brilliant. Jackson Riker. He's been promoted. I mean, he's on he's on main event, so I'm not sure I would say a promotion. But uh, but, I mean, <laughs> but he's next to Elias as a child. or Elias. Aye, uh, but uh, it doesn't happen on Raw, so <laughs> uh, it was just a bit. It, it wasn't. It really wasn't good. Um, there wasn't really. See, this is one of those ones. There wasn't much else to bury. There was a few kind of things that were a bit. Uh, so the other bury is yet again going to retribution. And it's the storyline that they're playing out with Reckoning and Ali. So they, yet again, you know, Retribution went up against Dana Brooke and Ricochet, who were almost one of my put-overs because pff, I, I really like them as a tag team. Really underrated. But let's not joke about the way they've been booked. If you're losing to Dana Brooke and Ricochet, it's probably not looking good for you. Uh, they had the Reckoning lose the match to Dana Brooke and then Ali come in and do the full, oh, what are you doing losing the match kind of thing? Oh, it's, you know... You're, you're the weak point, a retribution type of thing. It's like, can only really get away with that when you've booked the rest of them all right and you have not so, <laughs> so they just made a bit of an arse of their booking, which has been a running theme for, for weeks. But again, when, so, end, when are they going to end the torment of uh, poor wrestlers? No, it was, it was just, it, I don't know why the match was even on the thing. It just made people angrier than it did anything else. Um, but going to the final put over, and I'm going back to Drew McIntyre. Um, <laughs> I'm actually no. I, I, I'm no. I, I, I'm joking. I was going to put over his entrance again just for a laugh, but I'm not actually going to do that. That was just so I could mention the kilt thing that we've already mentioned. What I'm going to put over, yet again, we've mentioned how good WWE do production. Last night, they done it better than, you know, most of the most other companies would ever be able to do it. So they had Bray Wyatt against uh, against Randy Orton, Funhouse Bray. Lights went out for, mm, I think about ten seconds, probably maybe not even that. And then they had it cut to the Fiend being underneath uh, Randy Orton and a pinfall, which is the way the lights went out with the Funhouse Bray and that pinfall. They had just enough time that I questioned whether he managed to actually get changed. And then obviously you realise that he's wearing yellow contacts and it's quite hard to get skinny jeans off and have the tights underneath it. So they done the perfect thing where everything that was built to that happening to make it seem flawless was the, you know, the crowd being cut out and then replaced by the fiend. And, you know, the darkness that we've became accustomed to for them to have the fiend appear. So essentially what they done was switch from a live broadcast to a pre-recorded broadcast and showed a fiend thing that they'd recorded before Raw and made it so seamless and flawless that I questioned whether, whether it was actually pre-recorded or whether they'd managed to cut that. So just the way they cut that together was absolutely brilliant. The way they had the fiend show up and, you know, make it seem like it was part of a live broadcast and that they actually had the same guy there twice. Oh. So I really good. Um, yeah, and match of the night... I should have been doing more of that for this entire COVID era, you know? And it's the only, it's the kind of thing you could never do without the Thunderdome being a thing, you know, if there's a live crowd in the building, you can't do that. Uh, so it was, it was absolutely brilliant. I really liked it. However, as much as I'm praising that, you know, match of the night was a slog because there wasn't a many <laughs> brilliant matches. Um, I think I might go for uh, Jeff Hardy versus Bobby Lashley. It was an okay match and it progressed the full thing where we're probably getting or we're definitely getting Riddle versus Lashley. However, 
I'm pointing that out so that I can bury CBS Sports who have labelled it as Bobby Lashley versus Matt Hardy because obviously Matt Riddle was there and Jeff Hardy was there. Um, but aye, really good, really good match. Um, isn't really that kind of thing I'd say about it? It was an okay match. It was, you know, did what I had to do, but there wasn't much else to choose right. from. Just okay, great. Well, there you go. Big up that. Um, thanks, Gary. Thank you, Paul, and thank you, Alex. Remember, if you want to get your buddies and putovers for this week for Rab and Grado, get them on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft on Instagram at Wrestling Daft Podcast, or just plain on Wrestling Daft on the Facebook. <laughs> Guys, have, have, do you get a stocking filled up for you? It's been a while. It's been a while. Do you, uh, Gary, does your girlfriend give give you? Yep, a- I've got a stocking for the first time in a bit. For the first time in about 10 years, I have a Christmas stocking. Oh, brilliant. Well, this is you want to start uh, uh, dropping in hints and getting it filled with some Manscaped stuff because they're back on the show. Um, we've spoke about Manscaped before. Uh, great news now. You'll have heard them on lots of other podcasts, lots of other wrestling podcasts, but now they've got products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. And a few of their products are brilliant for uh, stocking uh, fillers this season. Um, so basically, here's a few things. You get the crop present which is ball deodorant i think the name just speaks for itself you know get you know that that's not a, a pleasant area so you get all the ball deodorant on there and uh, the crop preserver you get the proper crop reviver ball toner which is a spray on toner would give your balls a little slice of heaven baby yeah aloe vera hazel extracts all in there uh, Crop cleanser, body wash, full body wash that you can use also on your hair. So you, it's not all just about the balls with Manscaped, uh, but you also get, you can get some stocking fillers, you can get some ball wipes in there as well, just because you know, never know when it comes around, Alex, I'm looking at you and all these Tinder dates that you're on, you know, have some of those Manscaped uh, crop mop ball wipes in there, just in case you get lucky, you never know. Uh, they also have foot deodorant. Uh, they have nail kits, the Shears 2.0, and they've got the new Weed Whacker, which is a nose and ear hair trimmer. I'm turning 40. I may need one of them very, very soon. So they get great technology, uh, which gets rid of all those that nose and ear hair. And don't forget, guys, we've talked about it on the show before, the Lawnmower 3.0, baby. You know, get those balls trimmed, body hair trimmed, got a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology which will help reduce grooming grooming incident accidents and we've talked about that before you don't want to be having accidents when you're going down there to get it all trimmed and you know what alex you you look like a vegan but i know you aren't but if you were a vegan these formulations are all vegan cruelty free dye free sulfate free and paraffin free so oh, but you don't mind you don't care about that john you don't care about the vegans do you no, exactly. But if you, you get avocado scented, uh... no, you don't get avocado. You don't get avocado scented stuff. But <laughs> suggest that you should write them in a little suggestion. Absolutely, maybe the vegans would like that. Uh, but listen, if you're a vegan or if you're not, we've got a great offer for you for all those stocking fillers. You can get twenty percent off all Manscaped stuff now, plus free shipping. All you need to do to get that is head to manscaped.com and use the code WRESTLING20. That's the code WRESTLING20. Get on there. Drop the hints to your other half um, if you're male uh, persuasion. Um, or if you're female persuasion, get these for stocking fillers. Absolutely brilliant. Um, loads of stuff up there. But all you need to do is use the code. We're giving you this 20% off WRESTLING20. Use that when you're at the checkout and we'll get you sorted out. So, yeah, get sorted out with manscaped.com stuff. 
courtesy of your friends here at Wrestling Daft. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, it's once again time to buzz those knocks and wrestle those minds. As John alluded to at the beginning of the show, we are changing up a little bit this week. And instead of focusing on music, I've decided to jump down 2020 by numbers. So we'll go through little things what happened at the year. So I hope you boys have been paying attention. With us this week is our guest, Mark Daniel. How are you doing? I'm all good. Thank you very much. And what do you have any quiz and credentials you'd like to quickly tell us about? Nothing I'd like to share publicly, no. <laughs> just the odd BuzzFeed one or two, just to get you through all those boring times. I do a tape of coffee on or whatever. Who is your choice of Mark to face today? Uh, Gary's not a turn in a few weeks, so go for Gary. I was going to say that. It's, it's, it's oh, maybe no. time to give John a week <laughs> off. He's been dragged through the mud quite a lot recently, hasn't he? But I think Daniel's heard, uh, when you said numbers, I just went, oh. <laughs> was, uh, no, I exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you're, go- you're going up against the journalist here. This could this could be a tough one. This could be a tough one. Okay. Uh, that's, so without- that's overselling it a bit. <laughs> okay. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. So this first round is very much so about numbers. And I'm looking for very specific numbers. And the point will be awarded to which one of you gets closest Ooh. to the actual number. Good round. So question one. How many days did we have with Drew McIntyre as the WWE champion in his initial run? Daniel, I'll let you kick this one off first and share the guess mark this week. 181. 181? Gary, where about yourself? That was almost exactly what I was thinking. I was going 180 mark, so I'm just going to be cheeky and say 182. Oh, (laughs) scandal, (laughs) I can reveal that Gary has been a very cheeky man. And he's oh. coming in and stolen it. Apologies. So that's going 1-0 Gary, I'm afraid, gents. That's going 1-0 to Gary. So question number two. Over his time as a 24-7 champion, R-Truth has had 45 different runs. But what I would like to know is how many of them occurred in 2020? Gary? Um, I'm going to go for 36. Do it back to him, Daniel. Do it back to him. <laughs> I am going to say 35. Okay, so he goes in for 35. He goes in for the low blow, and I can reveal that Daniel has stolen one. <laughs> oh, only 16? Only 16. So if you count, he was, he was champion as we came into the year, and he's lost it 15 times since, or 14 times since, and won it back. So he was 30 in the first one, because if you remember his uh, rivalry with Jake Maverick. Oh, aye, aye. So I think they would swap it back like every week. If you go through the first, say, like 50 champions, it's someone, then our truth, then someone, then our truth. So we whacked them up pretty quickly. Now, this last one, I'm really happy Gary's on this week because this question is driven directly at his 3,000 is the answer. <laughs> so, Gary, what was your favourite What was your favorite match of the year? Everything versus... but this match, even though they were brilliant. So, the match I'm talking about is the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. So, the specifics of this question, now I've went back and I would like to know how many times the two went just two on two. 
So it doesn't matter if it's for a championship or not, but I'm not including the matches they had with like Bianca Belair and um, and Zelina Vega and stuff and anyone else thrown in or singles matches between any of the two competitors. Just the two teams, 2v2. Daniel, back to yourself. What do you think? 11. Oof, there's 11 oh, on one for Daniel. <laughs> That is exactly what I was going to say as well. I'm going to go 14. I'll leave a bit of wiggle room. Gary goes 14. I really, really wish it had been 13, guys. I really, really wish it had been 13. But it was only seven. Oh. It was only seven times on a WWE TV. I know we're all surprised, but I think they did a lot of different types of incarnations of the match as well. So. Aye, I think so. Unfortunately, that goes 2 0 up to Daniel. Now, I have to say, I'm quite happy with how you two were playing that round. I think, I think it was 2 1. I think I it was 2 1. That's what, oh, sorry, 2 1. Yes, yeah, sorry. I'm quite happy with how you guys played that because this next round is very much called The Draw is Right. So it's, it's going to be a very similar theme here. Now, because this, these numbers can be anywhere, well, how this is going to work is one of you is going to make a prediction. And then the other one is then got, has to guess if the actual number is higher or lower than that prediction. So we're going to do this for all four of the big shows. So we'll be on to Gary. So what will happen is, Daniel, if you want to make a, just a random guess, it's somewhere in the hundreds of thousands of how many viewers you think AEW has had its highest total, highest number over the course of 2020, then Gary has to guess if your guess was higher or lower. 950,000. 950,000. I'm going to round that up to a cool mill, if that's all right. Yep, cool. Yep, cool. So, Gary, would it be higher, lower, or... Oh, it could actually, come to think of it, it could actually be on the money as well, actually. So you've got three options. For AEW, highest rating of the year. Uh, I think they'll just lower. Just lower? Just lower? Yeah. You were close. The exact score was 1 million. So Daniel actually hit it on the money. And it was, I didn't actually think it, that would have been a thing. So I'm afraid that is at zero points there, sir. That is zero points. So Daniel, we will be moving on to yourself for NXT. So Gary, what do you think in the hundreds of thousands was the highest viewer rating for or viewer figures for NXT? Are you rounding this up? Um, I'm going to say 750,000. I'd round that up to 800. I'll just to talk 800,000. We'll go 800,000 800, then. Yeah. Daniel? I'm going to say lower. He's going to say lower. I would say higher because I think it was the right Keith Lee won the title, wasn't it? Well, you'd both be wrong, I'm afraid, gents, because Gary was also on the money with 800,000, unfortunately. So that's zero points so far each on this round. Now, moving on, we've got Raw and SmackDown we will do as well. So. Uh, Daniel, if I can have your prediction for WWE Raw. 1.7 million. 1.7 million. So, Gary, higher or lower than 1.7 million? Higher, I believe. they've. I don't think it's higher than now, but I believe they've done higher. You're correct. It is higher. It's 2.4 million. So that is one point there for Gary. And finally, WWE SmackDown. So, Gary, where are you setting the marker? I'm going to go for two points. 6 million 2.6 million Daniel higher or lower than 2.6 million I'm going to say higher it's going to say higher and I can reveal that you are in fact correct just just correct because the highest <laughs> <Smackdown> figure <laughs> was 2.7 <laughs> so 
That was a very tight round, guys. Well done, actually, for a lot of those guesses, as they were really on the money. I thought you'd be a bit off. That's why I played with the format a little bit. <laughs> this has also oh. shown that we're right in SmackDown as the A show. Yeah, I was, I was genuinely quite surprised to see that SmackDown had higher viewer figures than Raw, and that's for the whole of the year. So fucking wouldn't be hard to do with it. There we go. And now we only have one more <laughs> round here. For, sorry. See, it wouldn't be hard to do with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're going to move on to our final round here with Daniel in the lead, one point ahead of Gary. So this round is also going to work slightly differently. So in 2020, there was quite a few of ex Vince McMahon employees turned up to work for Cody Rhodes. So the, what I want you to do is to name me wrestlers that have essentially used to work for WWE and now work for AEW. So how this is going to work is we're going to take it in turns and you're essentially going to have five seconds to come up with someone who has since debuted, debuted for AEW and then it will pass back. And Are we counting AEW Dark? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yeah. They just have to they, they just have to have showed up in some cool. in some way. I would start I was about to start listing off the people that I'd count before we have the fucking show, wouldn't it? So so since since Daniel's in the lead, it's an advantage, Daniel. So when you're ready, sir, if you want to give us the first name of someone who's debuted for AW, after that I'll start the timer for five seconds to Gary and we'll pass back and forth until someone runs out of time. Miro. One. Mac Mac Cardona. Zack Ryder. Ariane Andrew. John Moxley. Oh, no. It was last year. That was last year, unfortunately. So, Gary, one, if you give me, we've got five seconds for one more. Tainara Conte. Uh, I think you did you already say Tainara Conte the last one? No, No, he did not. No, Ariane Andrew. You just love screwing people over, Alex. It sounds a bit dodgy. Well, he's got five seconds to give one more to win the round. He just gave, yeah. That was <laughs> wrong. Well, that, oh, was that a draw? Ah, right, it's the, the sound hasn't worked overly well. Right, so, yes, that's a draw. <laughs> we'll just call it a draw there, due to technical. No, Gary wins the round. Gary, yes. Gary wins. You're right. a terrible <laughs> host. <laughs> it's like... I couldn't hear half the answers through from Gary and Daniel, so I kept losing who was... I was trying to pass the timer over and back and forth. It's the same thing that's happened with you. Um, so, according to the end of that round, Gary gets four points, Daniel gets three, so that makes us, this week, a tie on six points each. Okay, <laughs> so due to some fantastic management from myself, we don't actually have any kind of decider question, so unfortunately, we're just going to have to call this one a draw and... A bad week of WrestleMania Buzz Knocks for the quiz host anyway. So, I'll take the point. I'll take the point. So, Daniel, thanks for coming on. I'm sorry <laughs> that it was such a mockery this week. That's all good. I thought I would have got grannied anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, Gary, thank you for bringing some respect back to the podcast after John's previous weeks of performance. Only because you allowed me to say um, wrestlers have been on dark. Otherwise, I'd have been humped. So... <laughs> The Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. Um, busy week, Gary. Busy, busy week um, with lots going on. I've seen you've been all over the Twitter this week, sir. It just seems to be... <laughs> yeah, but you were speaking to Triple H, weren't you? 
Aye, I didn't get a word in on the the pre-takeover call, but I did get one in on the post-takeover call, and I asked the same question, just reworded it so that I could ask it on the the post call. Um, that was one that actually it seemed to get a wee bit of, a wee bit of um, kind of circulation around the internet because I asked him about the Undertaker, uh, which you know he'd mentioned that he's and we've seen it on the the last ride as well that he's been working a wee bit with people in. Um, NXT and going to the performance center and stuff like that. So essentially, I asked, you know, uh, in terms of people like Damien Priest and Raquel Gonzalez, have they taken a lot from the Undertaker while he's been there? Has there anything that, you know, we've seen that they've been doing that maybe Undertaker's kind of gave them pointers on? And might we see him in a permanent role? And Triple H did say that uh, anytime Undertaker's involved, anytime he's walked through the doors, everybody's better for it. Said they all come out with a different perspective and a fresh viewpoint because he's one of the most knowledgeable guys in the business. Triple H even said that he himself learns for Undertaker every time he's around him. And then gave me the the juicy part of it where he said that while he believes Undertaker uh, deserves a wee bit of a fresh, you know, a, a fresh um, breath from his his retirement and a wee bit of time off. He's also actually spoken to Undertaker just this past week about potentially becoming a performance center coach, an NXT coach. And he thinks Undertaker is about to move to the next phase of his life, which involves NXT. And he said that while they're going to take a wee bit of a break for the holidays, he's definitely going to be speaking to Undertaker in 2021. And he believes Undertaker is going to become a coach at NXT pretty much. Oh, so, a big one because, man, that's some coaching guy. I know, I saw that, and I saw your, your name getting bounded about everywhere, so that was a good scoop. And the other thing, and we alluded to at the top of the show, is Detective Gary back on the case for Eva Maria. And the red rose. <laughs> Aye, so this is one that, yeah, we, we mentioned this came out of nowhere when Cultaholic reported on it a, a wee bit ago, where Eva Maria is apparently re-signed with WWE. They'd said, oh, she could debut as quickly as tonight and that was back in October and it's the kind of thing that you know I don't want to say naive reporting but it's the kind of thing when you report that and if she doesn't debut people are like that's a load of nonsense she was never signed in the first place PW Insider have clarified the report she has indeed signed she has been at the Performance Centre quite a lot I think they said since September and um, she's yes. the new coach it's not the Undertaker it's, the other <laughs> it's obviously her <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I, I've got uh, some opinions on Eva Marie that I think a lot of people don't like because I think she is, you know, while she's not, you know, a technical mastermind in the ring, I think there is a, a space for her in WWE. And I I'm really fantasy like booking that, that space and, uh, and trying to work a narrative around it. <laughs> that match they had with Bailey, that was that was the championship match when it set, was like set up for Eva Marie to win. That was terrific. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't want her to become champion. I'll not go that far. Um, I don't think she should come back and be thrust in there. However, I have been vocal in saying that I think there's a spot for her, and I think that spot is starting to unfold because we have seen Angel Garza presenting a mystery woman with a rose, talking to seemingly the fans, seemingly the WWE Universe. I mentioned it on this podcast a while ago. I think he's talking to Eva Marie, and we had a nice wee thing that happened today where Eva Marie on her Twitter sorry, her Instagram, posted a photo of her holding a bouquet of red roses a day after Angel Garza has done his promo presenting the red rose again. So I think we might see a little pairing there. I really hope we do, because I think that would be a brilliant pairing. Have her as the valet, 
for Angel Garza. You know, forget the fact that we all know he got engaged on NXT TV because we've jumped the shark on that one with everything that he's done storyline-wise. But I, Eva Maria's back, PW Inside of Clarified, Colt Hawks report, maybe she's going to be with Angel Garza. There you go. I think that'd be a good, I mean, it would be a good pain. That would be a good pain and like, she'd, she'd be great. Um, for him and, and especially on the mic and what have you um, talk about Wrestlemania and the main event and who Roman Reigns will be facing and there's so, there's a big plan and there's some contingencies yeah so this is the kind of thing that you know um, it's a bit of an odd one because we're on the road to Wrestlemania technically I know it doesn't really start until Royal Rumble but if you're building to the Rumble you're building to Wrestlemania and I, I guess as soon as Wrestlemania ends you're building to it uh, Louis Dangrell for Talk has put out a report uh, that Roman Reigns is essentially going to face one of four men um, you know The Rock being the main one and then the backup plans are being you know Big E um, Goldberg and I can't remember the fourth one the now do you remember who the fourth I can tie up as the fourth in the bin and cancel them from those plans yeah well it's the kind of thing that I mean uh, I know Louis will have done you know his due diligence on this but I think you know watching TV you can kind of tell that's the way they're going with it. unless they're going to have him in a handicap match against the Usos or facing Rikishi which would be completely out of the blue I think these are the obvious the obvious choices uh, Goldberg you know would be the one for, for last year that was going to happen so you know they're going to they're going to do it in the same venue as last year was meant to be uh, which is not yet confirmed but that's the one that we've spun it a few times so I think Goldberg might be a safe guess if they can't get The Rock I think The Rock is the one that you know maybe they'll save that for California down the line if they can get that Hollywood one back up and running the year later The Rock is the one that's always a tricky one Big E of course is another guess so it's it's one of those ones that one of them is guaranteed to be right. <laughs> I, I, it's not much of a news story. It's like it's going to be one of these guys. Apparently, they want the rock, but Aye. I guess that depends on crowds being in and stuff because they won't waste the rock. No, you wouldn't put the rock in an empty arena, would you? The rock, you know, means it's going to lose off it. You matter they'll put like Thunderdome t- tickets at like you know two hundred dollars to get into the Thunderdome or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and finally, the one thing is that apparently WrestleMania could be twenty percent capacity at the very least because it's in the same venue as the Super Bowl. So, yeah, well, there, there is that. So, I mean, but it's still like they would waste the rock on that. But um, finally, let's uh, do quickly. Um, CM Punk's been sp- speaking to Rene about potentially returning to wrestling. Aye, so that's I've no. Hmm had a chance to listen to the full podcast today but they covered a lot of topics they, they covered unionisation among other things as well uh, obviously two people that um, know each other well for, for WWE backstage so have a good rapport Renee Young is a brilliant interviewer so if anybody is going to let slip anything to anybody it will be in an interview with Renee Young and CM Punk is the one person that everybody's always saying is he going to return isn't he going to return you know I hope he returns so that we, if we get those chances, it's when he's actually in the ring. Uh, I guess we've not held the chance for a while for obvious reasons. But, yep, it has it has put out that wee tease that, you know, he might not be completely done in wrestling. But it's one of those ones, you know, I'll not believe it until he actually does return because we've had this happen many times where, you know, oh, he's returning to WWE and it turns out he's just returning to WWE backstage. 
you know, the UFC stuff didn't quite work out for him. It might happen, but I'm not going to put my eggs in, a, a, in any basket. I'm not even going to spread them across 20 baskets until he actually returns. Yeah, I mean, he did say, without wanting to insult anybody on either side of the fence, any WWE talent or AEW talent, it would take, above all, an interesting scenario and a big check become sure. Um, a story that would be fun to tell. <laughs> also, just the stupidest amount of money. He did say actually that. I just should have read mm. that. But they could save themselves a whole lot of money if they just present How? a fun storyline. Now, what that is, I don't know. I'm a pretty picky guy, especially at this point. The, the, the huge amount of money. You've got to think there's huge amount of money. Uh, huge amount of money being banded about the new because, I mean, Sting's no... Uh not going to be in westling for free and we all know how much brock lesnar was costing so (laughs) so i I wouldn't say that the there's a brock-sized hole in vince's checkbook just now so yeah i I don't know though but he he goes on to say i think there's more interesting people on the aw side of things for me to wrestle but that's just because i've never wrestled them before young bucks kenny omega kenny omega cm punk would be awesome and talking about your husband i look at that and i go well i've wrestled him already so it's just less interesting than something new so (laughs) There you go. And then he went on to further say that he would love to get involved in New Japan. You know what that's setting us up for? That's that's definitely setting us up for CM Punk and uh, AJ Lee versus John Moxley and Rene Paquette. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where he's gone there. He said he'd like to face Akada. Um, though he admits he's not seen a lot of his matches. <laughs> so there you go. Just pulled that one out of the bag. So there you go. Uh, potential CM Punk coming <laughs> back there. Who knows? We'll wait and see. Uh, Gary, as ever, thank you for the news. And you, you're you on fire at the moment. You, you just keep going with those exclusives. Aye, uh, we'll wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, welcome to Fantasy Booking Island. It's nice and sunny on the island. Well, it's snowing outside in some places in Scotland. Um, this day island where anything goes in wrestling. We get offered, issued a challenge by one of the whistlers and we've got to make it happen. Last week we asked you to book an impact. We were asked by uh, Bronze Cello, actually, uh, to book an impact or AEW start in the main event scene in WWE. Gary, what did you go for? Well, I mixed up two bookings and accidentally booked the return of both Demolition <laughs> and uh, I believe it was it was a Demolition and Legion of Doom. Yeah, I I, I tried to bring back. Um, so I I got um, I had about five names in front of me. Went for the tag team division and started rambling because I was uh, due to go on BBC News a couple of minutes after and essentially mucked up my full fantasy booking. <laughs> and that's what you're about to do in a minute as well. Title in just a minute. So we'll be quick with this. Uh, I did um, the Legion of Doom booking in for the tag team. It was quite similar to Gary's. And Alex, what did happen to you? Pass. You abstained. But I thought we should put you into the vote. And with 55%, you fucking won, Alex. No! <laughs> <laughs> I love our listeners. Our, our listeners are the best. And so what that means, John, is that you need to supply us more time with these fantasy booking options. Andrew, one of our listeners, said, a shocking outcome. Uh, Millennial should never win. It does have a point, though. Why don't you set the booking the week before, then have Avo Boy? Uh, he doesn't need to bring a note from his mum. So, I like... The, you're yeah, I'll stop bringing doctor's notes if I get some due diligence, and I think that our listener base has spoken out, John, but they want... Well, I give, you, I give you 24 hours on, on this one, and the booking came in from Patreon Ben Hall. 
he said, I've thought of an idea for Fantasy Booking Island. Do you know how sometimes soaps or sci-fis do a flash-forward where people are in different relationships, someone died or something bizarre happened? Could you come up with a flash-forward that'd be interesting, like Lana is the women's champion, Oscar is scared of her, or Retribution hold all the belts? Something that makes you think, I wonder how that happened. Then whichever one wins the following week or the week after that, you have to come up with the plot and how it happens. So, nice and easy this week, guys. I don't think we even need a timer. Alex, have you got something for us? I do. So mine is mine is simple. So mine's it's I'm I'm looking at like a haiku, like a Japanese haiku, right? So Triple H with his hammer, standing over Tony Khan, inside <laughs> Don Callis's ring, with Josh Matthews with Josh with Josh Matthews in a bin. Oh, that's a good one. That 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 that, that is I like that picture. I like that picture. Gary, have you got something? I went for a triple threat match. Miles in the future, and I've got Rue Rollins, who is, of course, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins' newborn daughter, going up against, we're gonna fantasy book, Charlotte Flair and <laughs> and Andrade having a daughter as well, and that is your <laughs> WrestleMania main event. However, however, it gets interrupted and doesn't actually finish because we end up with the two or however many there's going to be at that time three as now Bella kids uh, interrupting and taking over as a new faction so I, I've got uh, I've got everybody getting their main event ruined of Hunter's a second slash third generation superstars that how is how we're going to get to that point well that's a good one and I'm just going for a simple Grado in a WWE ring holding up the 24-7 title how did we get to that so there you go, uh, we'll get you to vote on that uh, on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. What do you want us to be booking? It won't be this week, it'll be the week after, but this will be the booking that will go forward. Um, so Gary had children that aren't even born yet um, involved in WrestleMania many years from now. Uh, Alex has got Triple H in an impact ring standing over, who was he standing over Alex? Tony Khan. Tony Khan. So there you go, uh, and I've went for Grado with the 24-7 title, how did we get there? Vote on what you want to see us book, um, and we'll have the winner for you next week, and hopefully it isn't Avo Boy. So that's it for this week's show, remember rate, review and subscribe on Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Rab and Grado back on the main show Friday, list of wrestling daft, we're breaking out the best of 2020 and it is the best matches of the year we'll be talking about, I'm sure we'll be talking about that on this show as well. In the pun in, looking for your Christmas puns, we've got a lot of those in already and uh, it's your wrestling daft road stories if you've got a road story this feature went very successfully last week uh, so if you've got a road story um, please get into us via twitter or via patreon or via the facebook it doesn't have to be about wrestling it just has to be a ridiculous story from your life in fact next week boys i'm wanting to know your wrestling daft road story for this podcast so we can talk about that uh, so get get that on there. Um, Gary is currently subtitling and working while doing this podcast. Um, so uh, we'll, I'll do all the talking for him. You can get him at Wrestling Gary and he'll have lots of exclusives this week and lots of interviews. Um, Alex, where can we get you? I've changed my Twitter handle. Love you? 
What are you? What I have, you, yeah. What, in, in, this is in, like, hold on. We should have had this on the news section. What's, what? What have you changed it to? <laughs> oh well, after after the inspiration from another one of our lovely listeners, Kyle Custom, and a little bit of the custom artwork that he did for us, I've changed it to Team 3D Artist. Very good, very good. Uh, thanks, big shout out to Kyle Customs as well, who did a bit of uh, artwork for us. Uh, he's the guy that did the figures for Rab and Grado. Oh, the ones of Rab and Grado looked great. Like he's even got the big feather boa on Rab. I loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. Uh, big shout out to Kyle Customs, who did, after Alex referred to himself as not a 2D artist, as a 3D artist, he drew a picture of me and Alex as Team 3D uh, with me uh, playing uh, Bubba and you playing D Bond. So thanks very much for Kyle, it's absolutely built and you can see that on our Twitter. Um, so yeah, that's it from Wrestling Daft for this week. Have a great week in wrestling. Um, Gary, do you want any final words for you subtitle the news? Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> you can't do two things at once. You keep subtitling, brother, uh, and we'll catch you next. <laughs> um, until next time, guys, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.